there's a reason why he didn't start. It's because Carrick knew that, look, the lineup I'm putting out there doesn't have the personnel to track back, you know, 100%. So they got the goal, you know, time's moving. But what does he do? He makes the stupid mistake of bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo when you're winning 1-0. Now, when you're winning 1-0 against a team that is better than you in the table and probably the lineup, I mean, that's debatable, but better than you in the table. So it's not expected for you to come out with three points, but you have it. And this dude brings out an attacking option instead of the defensive. How fucking stupid do you have to be to do that? If I'm a Man United fan, I'm glad it's this motherfucker's last game in charge. On today's Footy Corner, United score on a gift goal from Jorginho to draw the Blues at Stamford Bridge, but it's the appointment of Ralph Ragnick that Arjen is least impressed with. Lionel Messi wins the Ballon d'Or over Robert Lewandowski in a head-scratcher that sees Mohamed Salah finish 7th. Liverpool win their second straight 4-0, City take care of the hammers in the snow, paths to the World Cup are revealed, and Maritima win for the first time in three months. Along with the typical predictions and gambling corner, next. And we are back on the footy corner. We got two episodes this week, so we'll see how that ends up going. Arin, how's everything going? Not so hot, man. Um, really not happy with the sports world right now. <laughs> on multiple you, levels. You and you came on the call firing, so you're so you're ready to, to talk a lot about uh, what's going on here. And I'm sure before we log off, you'll have something to say too. Before we log off, I don't know, but. That's your time to talk about anything you want. I'm not happy right now. Let's just put it that way. It's a joke. Everything's a joke at the moment. Okay. Are we going to address a lot of that in the show today? Yeah. Okay. And anything you don't, you can mention at the end. We'll get to that. Okay. So let's just start off by saying, though, I just went to fucking Walmart to get my booster. So I called them up and I go, yo. I'm trying to get a booster and a flu shot. I'm trying to get the two and one. They go, yeah, we do walk-ins, so just come on in. I'm like, okay. Call my sweats. Mind you, I just finished writing three pa- three papers in five days, so I'm pissed off. You know, I'm doing all this stuff to get A's, and all I want is to be healthy, right? Mm-hmm. So I go there, and she goes, oh, well, um, if did you put an appointment online? I was like, no, you said you, you do walk-ins. She's like, yeah, but like people uh, had appointments. So we're going to need you to wait like 40 minutes. I'm like, bro, I know pharmacists. You just have to give me a fucking shot. Like, are you, is this a joke? <laughs> like, I'm not going to wait here 40 minutes. She goes, so come back at like, five o'clock which was two hours from then and now i gotta go back there and pray that the wait isn't long like it's a joke man like it's just a giant joke from walmart from everyone it's fucked up (laughs) well that's that's service i guess we're gonna have to then wrap this up quick so you can go get your boosters i thought you already gotten your shots i was gonna ask how everything is yeah well you can blame walmart for that Why, why did she say five? Is that just when their appointments end? I guess so. Yeah. All right. So you'll be feeling it for the next few days, perhaps 
now that you're done with papers, you could relax and watch the midweek matches that are coming up. Uh, yeah, but I'm <laughs> going to be pissed off at that, too, because that's a giant joke itself. The midweek matches? No, the soccer world's a joke at the moment. Okay. And so we'll I'm, get... No, I'm surprised more people are not raged at what I'm outraged about. It's okay. a fucking joke. We will be discussing that. We will be discussing that here. It, it just popped up. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to that in a second second to keep the people waiting so we'll talk premier league first then we'll get to i'm assuming it's an around the world topic here that you're not too happy about so uh before we get to that let's just let's let's jump to the big match of the week chelsea man united uh it was 1-1 at stanford bridge Uh, Jaden sancho scoring on a gift goal in, in which Jorginho made a horrendous error and then Jorginho scores later in the match on a what some people thought was a questionable pen but aaron juan basaka very late in on the challenge so um, he scores on, on a pen there. So, you know, 1-1. Uh, Michael Carrick, it was his last match in charge because Man United announces Ragnick. We'll get to him in a second. Any thoughts on the match itself? Any thoughts on Jorginho's big error that led to the goal, the Wambasaka penalty, or Ronaldo not starting? Yeah. Um, look, I think it's it's – Ronaldo's a great player and he's bailed them out, but there's a time and place for Ronaldo. Um, you have to realize if you put a lineup out there with Ronaldo, you need guys to track back. You need guys. You look at PSG, their front three doesn't track back and they get ran by teams. Like they got ran by, like, you know what I mean? It's by farmer teams in France. Like it's, it's a joke, first of all. So, you know what? There's a reason why. And no, and they get praised by these seven-year-olds that just care about goals and suck them off. But here's the thing with, with Ronaldo. There's a reason why he didn't start. It's because Carrick knew that, look, the lineup I'm putting out there doesn't have the personnel to track back, you know, 100%. So they got the goal, you know, time's moving. But what does he do? He makes the stupid mistake of bringing in Cristiano Ronaldo when you're winning 1-0. Now, when you're winning 1-0 against a team that is better than you in the table and probably the lineup. I mean, that's debatable, but better than you in the table. So it's not expected for you to come out with three points, but you have it. And this dude brings out an attacking option instead of the defensive. How fucking stupid do you have to be to do that? If I'm a Man United fan, I'm glad it's this motherfucker's last game in charge and only, right? I mean, oh, maybe it's a second or third. It's a second. <laughs> yeah, he's a complete dumbass. Like, and then, you know, Chelsea tie it up. And I'm not going to let this slip, but Jorginho's been ass ever since he's been praised last year, bro. How many pens has he missed for Italy? Like, crucial ones, too. And then he's being exposed out here by Man United, who's getting dicked by on, by Watford last, last week, right? Like... Yeah. I wonder, and, and then he goes and wins third place in the Ballon d'Or. I had a, his teammate is better than, and Golo Conte is better than Jorginho. Everyone and their mother knows that. So why is this guy getting third place? Because he plays a position where you just got to kick the ball 30 yards and give it to someone, and that's what he's praised for? Get the fuck out of here, man. This guy's a liability. And wow. he's a penalty specialist. <laughs> so, he's, so he's, his rating, his penalty percentage is terrible lately. What is he good for? Nothing. He did score in this match. I don't care. 
He also is the reason why they gave up one. So there That's you go. That's true. <laughs> Steve did want to say United were winning until Ronaldo came and he just wanted everyone to know that. What are your thoughts uh, on the whole shit? On, no, well, no. I, think, I, I guess the big topic here is Ronaldo not starting. So what's your. Yeah. You know, I think if I could see it because potentially what you're trying to do here is rest him for another game. And maybe Carrick thought, well, we can maybe beat Arsenal, but Chelsea, we're not going to beat. So you don't bring him in and you play the way they played. And I think his plan worked perfectly that they defended until they got a break on the error from Jorginho, like a horrendous error. Jane Sancho goes in and scores. And then you're right. This is an idiot. I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know if he had pressure from Ronaldo, pressure from the fans, brings him in. And it's like, well, this wouldn't have been the moment. It's you have to bring him in if you're down one nothing and you're chasing a goal. Not when you're up one nothing trying to defend it. So, yeah, that was a wild mistake. I, I mean, I, your rant was spot on. I think with that, uh, if you're not going to start him, you know, don't don't bring him in when you're up and, and save him for Thursday when when they play Arsenal uh, and United in general. You know, they were playing defensive to start the game. They they were dominated, I guess, on the pitch in a lot of aspects, um, especially after the Ronaldo uh, entrance, uh, the Chelsea's chances exploded. And actually, I found a stat that Man U have the fewest shots in the Premier League this month with 17, and they've given up the most at 60. That's a negative 43 differential in shots. Um, so I think we've, we've covered the match pretty decently. I just want to talk about now. You, you, you said it's a good thing it's Carrick's last game. Ralph Ragnick comes in. He's in charge. Let's talk about what he can do. What are your your thoughts? Both maybe initially, I know what your initial thoughts were because I was there. And, and maybe have they changed a little bit? Oh, dude. It's like, honestly, bro, let's be real here for a quick second, okay? I know this is a podcast and we're just saying, oh, but there should be a bright spot. Maybe this. Maybe, dude, this guy's not any fucking solution. Do you I, know who this guy is? Are you mixing tea over there? Yeah, sorry. No, no, that's like, fine. Do you know who this guy is, bro? So I, I will this say boy? this is wild. Uh, he, he actually does have a pretty good track record. Before I get into his track I record. Swear I swear if you bring up his league in like the Armenian Premier League, I'm going to kill you. No, 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 no. Nothing about the Armenian Premier League, actually. He's, <laughs> he's pretty well known in the um, German leagues. Uh, so, well... The, the Bundesliga, I should say. I say German leagues. He has managed quite a few teams there, uh, most do- notably RP, uh, RB Leipzig, uh, when they started to get, like, really good. 2015 to 2019, he's managed them in different spurts. I guess he was, he was the manager from 15 to 16, and again from 18 to 19. Um, he, he had Schalke in the past. He's been a sporting director. And it's not really, I think, his – I mean, his managing is decent – I think they got him overall to be um, to take over in a higher role in um, with the club. Um, I believe he's going to work with the club's hierarchy next season after his interim manager is done. Uh, manager ship, if you want to call it that. Apparently, Jurgen Klopp has said um, that unfortunately he's a, a good coach is coming to Manchester United. Um, Ragnick apparently inspired both Klopp and Thomas Tuchel in the early days of their managerial careers. Um, so he had such a big influence on them that they, they both, um, I guess Klopp has credited Ragnick for, for inspiring that version of, of Gagan pressing that he does. Um, so he's kind of quote unquote revolutionary there. Um, 
but yeah, he, he had nothing but praises for him. Uh, he said, so it's a bit tricky. Usually we don't talk about things that are not confirmed yet, but if you tell me it'll happen, then I might believe you. He, this was right before you know, it occurred. He said, he's obviously a really, really experienced manager built most famously two clubs from nowhere to proper threats and proper forces in Germany with Hoffenheim and Leipzig. Uh, and he's done a lot with coaching jobs. So your boy, uh-huh. I'm going to just stop there because there's a whole article of quotes has backed him. Um, again, only an interim term, and then it'll be in the hierarchy. It what says for two source? years. Huh? But what's the source? What's the source? Yeah. Jurgen Klopp. Yeah, I know, but like, who did he speak to? Just the press or? Uh, well, it's an article. I actually I found the article on TalkSport earlier in the week because okay. when we first heard about it, we're like, wait a minute, who's this lad? And so. All right. So, what are your thoughts then on this fucking guy? You know, I, I've never, I'm not a big fan of this interim thing because they're saying he'll be interim and then he'll be the direct, like a sporting director kind of afterwards and then they'll find a real manager then. So the person they're looking for has to be out there and, and is probably not available. Uh, so I guess this might be the, the move. But then if they're doing that, why wouldn't he just start in the hierarchy now and you let Carrick finish? Is he that bad? Yeah, well, I think Carrick is that bad, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, I, I just thought it was interesting. Um, I don't know how much stylistically he can change because he's his appointments only for six months. You don't see that that often, but right. I, I don't know. I, I'm a little, I think it's better than when I first heard it. I can tell you that, but do I think he's going to bring them into the top four this season to be seen? Probably not in my opinion. <laughs> so yeah um, you so how many titles does he have like as a manager i'm not sure of that i cannot i cannot i'll that. answer that for you zero yes um <laughs> okay um, so klopp said he brought nobodies to somebody's <clears throat> and you said he managed leipzig since like 18 2018 i'm guessing uh, no, 2015 to 16. I guess there was a break in there and then 18 and 19. Oh, so when they got the surge of money is when he started to manage them, right? Uh-huh. Well, yeah, okay. but I mean, Man United has money. And if he did well with them, then, you know, the thoughts, the thought yeah, is. Yeah, but look, getting getting second or third place in the Bundesliga is different than the Premier League. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. So, like, you could say all you want about this guy. Zero titles. It's cool that he coached Leipzig for like two seasons and got him third place. Like, cool, good for you. Hoffenheim, no offense, bro, but I'm sure you did decent with them, but it's not like you made noise with Hoffenheim. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I don't <laughs> think he got top three. Maybe he got, I don't know what he did with Hoffenheim, but nothing of notes. Okay. Like, congrats that you did good with them. Like, you don't get trophies for like doing decent. Okay. That's just not how it rolls. As far as I'm concerned, as a manager, this guy hasn't won anything. His experience isn't that great. Like, so look, you could say he inspired. So, so look, you could say, Afshin, look, hey, man, my third grade teacher inspired me to be who I am. And you know what? Shout out to the third grade teachers out there. But you today, as a college professor and a PhD person, you know more than them. You're better than them. So that doesn't apply with Klopp. Look, when Klopp was young, yeah, he was inexperienced, he was this and that, but he's outgrown it, and he's outgrown this 
this Ragnarok guy. Like, no offense, bro, but like, yeah, he could have inspired him, but Pop has reached levels and and been to better places since then. He's levels better than him. So like, yeah, he could praise him and be like, it's like you being like, yeah, dude, Mrs. Johnson in third grade said you could be whatever you want. That inspired me. But yeah, now you've reached levels ahead of Miss Miss Johnson, correct? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the coaching tree is a little different than like than that kind of stuff. A little. I wouldn't long. say so. Wouldn't you say Klopp is a better manager than Ragnarok right well, yeah, now? Yeah, I believe so. I haven't <laughs> seen Ragnarok manage a match. I'm just telling you, you can't just tell him. I mean, he's not a third grade teacher versus a a, a professor. Well, I would say that because he had similar—he had won. similar training. He his training taught that professor to get to the to the level he was with a main focus. I mean, he'd have been more like a high school teacher, like what's a equivalent PhD to advisor. A, what's the equivalent to a college professor in the coaching world? Mate, I don't know. I, I it's Champions a very difficult. It's a very difficult thing to compare that you're doing here. You're doing apples and oranges. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. But you get my point, right? Yeah, this yeah, guy, no, this guy, I, I, look, and you said you said it yourself, he's there for six months. How are you going to implement the whole system, change everything these guys have been doing for uh, well, to be fair, I don't know if they even know what they've been doing for the past eight months and teach him this new system and get him to buy into it. When no offense, you walk in there, no one knew who if you gave these guys a sheet of paper, had this guy's name on it, and had two boxes saying yes, no. And the question was, do you know who this is? I promise you 95%, 90 to 95% of the players would say no. It's fine. And the 5% might be like, there might be some guy that played at Hoffenheim or Leipzig. I don't know. You know, a history. So who would you have gotten? Who would you have gotten right now? Zidane. Okay. Or someone that has like some some premier league experience or like has won a title coached in a champions league match. Like, I mean, I know this guy has, but like someone that's accomplished something and look, this guy, he's done good things for Leipzig. I understand that, but he's also given quite a lot of money, which is a huge gap in the Bundesliga. And it's not like he won the Bundesliga. He hasn't won the champions league. They didn't get to a semifinals. So, like, this guy hasn't done anything. That's just my honest opinion. And is he the guy to walk into a locker room with Ronaldo, Pogba, Rashford, um, a fucking De Gea, and say, like, respect me? No. He's he's going to be more respected than Michael Carrick. He's 63. No, I don't think he will, because these guys knew who Michael Carrick was, because they watched Manchester United knew who he was. I'm sure this they've guy's heard of Ralph Ragnarok or whatever his name. No one knows him. Yeah, they do. No. He's 63. He's got more of a reputation than Michael Carrick does as a manager. Some of those players are older than Michael Carrick. No one's as older than Ralph Ragnarok. Maybe as a manager, yeah. But overall, and he's well known. He's well known around the German world. He he did, by the way, I just want to say, did win the DFB Pokal with uh, Schalke in 2010-11. Just just that's it. Okay. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not on. saying he's gonna be great. I'm just really? saying he's also not a third grade teacher. No offense to the third grade teacher. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's this was. Well, no, I mean, you know, in terms of, but you're like compare, you know, I, I don't know. I'll probably just shut my mouth before I get too too deep into it. But uh, you know, he's. Let's see what happens. I, I'm not saying he's the answer. I'm just saying it's not like a who is this kind of thing. You know? Here's my last question to you. It's a two parter. 
One, if you're him or Manchester United board, what is the objective that you're setting out for him to do? And two, do you think he'll do it? I think they're going to try to get him to manage the team to see how the job is. Honestly, I would have just thrown him into the hierarchy role or whatever they're planning on doing for him and then let him, I think they want him to pick the manager, but maybe they want him to manage the team and see who, what pieces they have and then who he thinks can take over. Cause he is the one that was able to identify Klopp, Tuchel as good future managers. So they're thinking, Hey, if he does this for six months, looks at the type of people we have. And then we say, all right, now you see what we have. You see what's out there. Find us a manager that you think can, can work with this team. Maybe that's how they value him. I, you know, that's, that could be it. But again, I don't know what stopped them from making him as their technical director now. And as you said, getting someone like Zidane, getting someone like someone now, but you know, maybe they want him to see the culture. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I want at the footy corner, two other people listening, let us know. This is a hot topic. Ralph Ragnick. Uh, what do you think of the hire? What do you think of uh, United's future? Cause it's a, it's a big one. I mean, it's a big hire. Anytime the, ma- the manager for Manchester United comes up, it's a big thing. So we'll there's a lot at stake too. If you're United and you spent this much summer and recruited this, this many people and you don't get a top four spot, that's a yikes, bro. Yeah. Well, and, and going off that, bad result for Chelsea here, 1-1 at home against United. Drop points. It is. Okay. Not a good it result. It is. So um, if, unless you have anything else to say, we can move on to the other results here, or one that, that a team kind of uh, – Bounced up from it, Man City 2, West Ham 1 in the snow. Uh, Ilke Gundogan and Fernandinho scoring for City. Lanzini, a very, your boy, a very late goal, a very nice goal, I should say. Uh, you know, it, this thing can be taken twofold. Like, hey, West Ham only lost 2-1 at the Etihad, although I don't think they looked threatening in many instances. And City had two goals called back. Um, so the stats do show City domination. City have won. 11 of the last 13 against West Ham, losing none of those, scoring 35, conceding six. Was this, was this run of the mill? I mean, what do you, what do you, I mean, so for city, they're one point behind Chelsea. now. They, they jumped two points in the table um, for West Ham. They remain in fourth, but now have another team on their tail. We'll talk about later. Uh, does this, did this match show anything for you about either of the teams or is it just about how you thought it would go? Cause to me, it was, Pretty run of the mill. It shows me that City's still in that group above, you know, any team below third. And West Ham are are good, but, you know, not there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, City also did this without Grailish, um, KDB, mm-hmm. and Foden. So yep. that's as of note. And they also had a goal disallowed earlier. Um, so they were clearly the better team. I might have said 2-1 in my predictions. I'm not sure, but... You, you, you know. said they'd run them. I think you picked 3-0. The oh, stats okay. show that it could have been 3-0. I mean, they had a goal called back, and if they hadn't given up that late screamer, it could have worked. But I think West Ham is that team, and this is going to sound weird, but against like the bad teams, they'll do really good against. But against the good teams, I can't see them. Okay, I know they did well against my team. But against top teams that are in form, I don't think – I just don't see them getting even a point. Like, you tell me against, like, Chelsea, City, 
or like next time they play Liverpool, I would put my money every time on the other team money line. Every time. <laughs> I mean, would you agree with that? I mean, like they're a cool team to watch and it's cool seeing West Ham do well, but I'll they might be punching over their limit with where they are right now at the table. I'll, I'll say if West Ham had like one game a week, they could keep this form up. But, you know, and, and I know people will say, well, they've been playing Europa. Well, they've been playing Europa against like Slovakia and farm handles and, and like, you know, people that work in the grocery store in San Marino. So like they're able to put out a bunch of backups then, but I think this is the moment of the year. This is the time of the year right here, right now. We start December, late, late November, early December. You got two matches a week now. And these two matches are premier league matches. You're not playing farmers anymore. You played city here. You're playing, you know, Brighton on uh, you know, what Wednesday, uh, you got two more matches next week, and I think this is the moment we're going to find out how real West Ham is. If they're still up in that area around what Christmas time, I think we got a good point for that team. Moyes has done a great job. I'm not, I'm not downplaying them, but I, I agree with you. They're, they're, they're not like, you know, they're beating who they should beat. And I think for them, they kind of got screwed that this City game was now, and the Brighton game is is the midweek one because it looks like they put out some of their decent players in this match. And now those guys are going to have to roll out again midweek. They're going to have to roll out again on, on what, Saturday or Sunday. They're going to have to roll. So <clears throat> I think this is where we're going to find out about West Ham. I think they'll do okay, but I don't think – I think that gap between third and fourth is going to get really big pretty soon here. So uh, Yeah, I, I'd agree with that 100%. All right. So, uh, yeah, at the footy corner, too, let us know what you all think uh, about West Ham. And I, I wanted to bring up Liverpool here because – now, they're two points out from first place. So, one, two, three are all, what, 30 points, 29, 28 between Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. Four-nothing winners for the second straight week. Uh, Diego Jota scoring twice. Thiago scoring again after his uh, screamer last week. And Van Dyke getting on the score sheet, not celebrating against his former team. Um, Liverpool's flying. 39 goals in 13 fixtures. I don't know if you know this, but this is the most they've ever had in a season up to this point. So even when uh, two years ago, when they were scoring at, at ease, they're scoring even more now. Um, so it's a huge, huge win. I think they're, you know, now within two points and I think it's good to see the players that scored here that you see on this score sheet and the players that perform did well, cause you're going to need them in January. What are your thoughts on this team heading into January? No, I, yeah, it was good. I mean, that hiccup that they had was, was kind of crazy and it hurt them a lot. And I think what the stat that you said with how it's their best start. And um, I think that goes to show just how good the Premier League or how competitive the top is. Like, remember how I was like pissed off over a draw this season and like people or, you know, might have thought I was overreacting, but that's, that's how slim the margins are this year. Mm -hmm. Like if you get a draw, like it should be against a top team. Like if you really want to win the title this year, you can't afford a draw outside of the top four or, or anything but a draw. Yeah. No, you can't accept a draw outside. And any loss is bad. Like straight up loss, terrible. Like if Chelsea had lost that against Man United, like it's that's a huge setback because it's almost expected now that Chelsea, Liverpool, and City get three points. And and now that Liverpool has Tiago healthy, I mean, it's not like Tiago was like playing like shit. You know, he was injured. And yeah. now that they have him back he just helps this team so freaking much. It's actually crazy what he does. I mean, like he's scoring banger goals and it's not like I'm going to expect him to continuously score, 
but it's just the fluidity of the team and what he does and how quick he learned the system that I'm just hoping if he stays healthy, if that top three stays healthy, I mean, their attack is going to be like this all season. And assuming that they put someone like Fabinho or uh, Henderson next to him and the third guy could be whoever, they're a huge threat, I think, honestly. Um, and people forgot just how good this guy was, like how insane he, he's played for the top managers and top teams. Like when Barcelona started to kind of fall off, he's like, all right, peace. I'm out to Bayern. Win a couple of championships over there, including a Champions League. I mean, it starts for his country. This guy's insane, man. Um, I think he's a big game changer, honestly. If it wasn't for him, I don't know if Liverpool would be in like the title discussion, if I'm being honest. That's how important I think he is to the club. But yeah. Yeah. And, and you're going to need him to perform also when, you know, when that January time comes, you have all those players going to uh, AFCON, you know, because who knows if these goals are going to be spewing in like they have earlier when you're missing two of those front three players, you're getting a few of them playing well again. You're, you're looking at maybe even having Harvey Elliott back. Uh, potentially he's making some good progress from what I've been hearing. I was talking to some, saw quite a few Liverpool friends of mine this uh, past weekend as well. Shout out Steve. Uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it, it's always good to get this, you know, get players going, you know, looking at that score sheet and, and yes, Salah had an assist, but you don't see Salah and Mane scores and you see four goals. You know, you probably feel a little bit better about this, uh, this odd season in which, you know, they stopped for, I had a, I had a friend named uh, Max, shout out Max, who said, you notice they stop everything for all the other competitions, but not for AFCON. And so, Granted, AFCON, I think, is the only one that happens during the Premier League season. Uh, so, I don't know. Just, just so, something to think about. Well, I think it's the only continental tournament that goes on during mm-hmm. the season. Right? Yeah. The rest I believe so. I think everything else. Every. Yeah. Summer. Yeah. So, I think that's why. And that, that's honestly fucking AFCON's fault. I mean, like, and that's going to really hurt Liverpool because the only attackers I could think of are Firmino and Yota. I'm trying to think of who, what other forward they got. Like Minamino? Center forwards. Who? You'd have Minamino potentially. Yeah, he's going to start playing now, and I think he's good. But, I mean, they're nowhere. I mean, we'll see how they gel. It'll be yeah. interesting. And It's if a challenge for Klopp. And if need be, you may even be able to play if Elliot's back then, or even if someone in his career who's done it is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has played in a front three before on the wing. So Look, I love the guy as a person, but when he plays soccer, it's tough to watch. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, you might have to do that and place people behind him like Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson, right? And so that you know, that's what you're looking at with this situation. So how long is AFCON? Um I think it's three weeks, three, four weeks. I mean, you might be there. I can't remember how many games. There was a podcast I listened to that said how many games. Teams will be missing that. Something we'll have to look into. If someone let us know at the footy corner too. I know there's a 10-day break. There's like FA Cup games. Um, yeah. So in terms of league matches, there may be three three matches being missed, three, four, something like that, which is a decent chunk considering the season's 38 only. How bad does this affect Arsenal if it affects them? I think it. my thought was always it affects you guys the most and then Arsenal second. Because you're missing all your big players, and then we'll be missing a Bamiang party. Uh, potentially, Pepe hasn't done much, but you know those are two big players for the team. Ghana. Okay. So, and uh, I'm thinking Gabon will be out in the group stage, so maybe a can come back soon. 
<laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, same, you know, same idea. I don't, I don't think they're, let us know at the footy corner too. Are there other teams that are missing as many inform, you know, impact players, obviously Liverpool the most. Arsenal well, Saha, Crystal Palace is only good player now, huh? That's <laughs> true. Well, they have Connor Gallagher now to pick up the slack. So, oh uh, shit, my bad. Yeah, we'll have to see if. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That that'll be a big loss. That'll be a big loss as well because they struggled in their match. They they didn't have. I had someone tell me Connor Gallagher is more valuable than Emil Smith, bro. <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> uh, football Twitter. Okay. Wow. Uh, you actually believe that? No, I don't, but I'm going to let people have their opinions. Brian, do you believe that? Let's ask Brian. I don't think alone? anyone else on the panel believes it. I don't know. If any listeners believe that at the footy corner, too, let us know, because that's wild. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying he's he's decent, but not sure about that. Uh, <laughs> speaking of which, shall we move to Crystal Palace? Do you have anything? No, no, no. Oh, it's on Liverpool. I wanted to keep it on Liverpool-ish kind of stuff. Steven Gerrard, six out of six points. Villa wins 2-1 against Palace. Target and McGinn score way. He gets somewhat of a, of a consolation goal at the end for Palace uh, to, to stop the clean sheet. Uh, you know, now you're looking at, you know, six out of six. Villa's playing better. Has Gerrard's job gone from saving them from relegation to, hey, maybe we can sneak into, like, I don't know, Europa Conference or Europa yeah. Uh, you know, is that is that what they should do or just say, you know what, we're mid-table, let's focus on, you know, showing up the squad and making some moves in January in the summer? Um, I think this Villa team from the beginning, even though they lost Grealish, they invested that money into some great players, right? Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of the season, they shouldn't even been relegation, thought about relegation. And that's why Buddy over here that Brian loves so much got fired. Like, what's his name? Steve <laughs> Webb or some shit like that? He's Dean terrible, Smith. man. Like, Wait, what'd you call him? <laughs> Dean Smith. Dean Smith. <laughs> that's why he's off to Norwich and he's going to get relegated. He's a shit manager. They get, they give you so many. And like, I'm not saying this because I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not even being biased here. Like, and I'll even say, like, I think, um, like, you look at what, Gerard did at Rangers and like, I understand like they have more money. They're better than most of the teams there, but to take over that team when they didn't have the best players to begin with, like keep in mind, this is like two years after they finally got called back up because they liquidated. Right. He did well with them. And then to overtake Celtic who didn't liquidate, who, you know, ruled Scotland for like 10 years. Um, like, took on a lot of bandwagon fans that's and now he overtook it that shows how good of a manager he is and he's playing good against european teams and then you give now you give him an actual team rangers good on you but not you know there are levels to this aston villa is a big club really good squad and six out of six points is what i expected um and i think jar when he took over i don't think his thought was i'm going to save this team for relegation i think his idea was we're going to win some games now i don't know if we'll go to europe but one thing's for sure is we're going to be well above relegation and we're going to have some results i'm going to see who i want for next year now i'm going to make the adjustments so that next year now not this year next year we'll be talking about europe you know what i mean i think that's what the goal originally was but i think this this aston villa squad in itself is is 
is way better than a relegation team, way better than Dean Smith did with them. And I, yeah, I think he's trash. I think he's a bad manager. Yeah. I mean, you give, you give so many good puzzle pieces to someone that's putting together a puzzle and he can't figure it out. He's just a shit puzzle maker. That's what it is. It was pretty good last season with uh, with uh, Grealish. I mean, yeah, because that team literally relied on one person. Now, when he goes, your whole game plan changes. Mm-hmm. And I understand that's tough, but, man, do you agree with me, though, that, that they, they have so many good players? Well, I agree that Steven Jarrett's done a great job. I don't think Dean Smith is a shit manager because, like, a shit manager means, like, they're horrendous. Ole. He did, yeah, right. Given the resources, he kind of stunk. Well, because Dean Smith, like, really brought, like, you spoke about Gerard bringing Pallet or, uh, um, sorry, Rangers. Rangers out of the depths. Villa were pretty shit, too, until Dean Smith came along, have brought them back up. You know, they had those really bad years, what, five, six years ago. And now they're somewhat respectable. And I think, yeah, now we can say, or I think we can comfortably say they're not a relegation team. And I think they had too big of a hole to catch the top five, six. Maybe they'll sneak into seven if Tottenham and United and all these teams do really poorly. But, yeah, I think the same thing. They need to just build on it. Have a system. uh, Let the manager look at what he's got and pick the players he needs probably in the summer. You know, January comes up and people always say January. You have people that are overpriced in January. Let the manager pick his players in the summer. See what you got going forward. Uh, but yeah, so good result there for them. Unless you're MBS. Yeah, well, MBS might be cutting heads off soon. So, because uh, <laughs> that team is in dead last. Um, getting there in a second. Uh, another manager returning back home, Raneri returning to Leicester. Uh, but Vardy and Madison stole the show. 4 2, Leicester beating Watford. Madison scoring, uh, Vardy getting a brace, and Madison assisting both of those. And Lookman had the other one for Leicester. King and Dennis, the goal scorers for Watford. Uh, it is Jamie Vardy's 93rd goal since turning 30, and that's tied for the most in Premier League history with Ian Wright. So that's kind of a note to put out there. He's still somewhat doing it. Uh, but, yeah, any comments on you? I just I just want to put this here because I thought it was pretty cool. Ranieri returning to Leicester, although this one was in the snow and he got pumped. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool that Ranieri's back and man, you know, huge credit to Vardy too, you know, so that, I mean, he's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. I know they're, I know they're big on Adamola Lukeman, right? <laughs> yes. No, seriously. I've heard him on talk sport. People talk about him. So looks like Madison's playing soccer again. That's always nice. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're on the way back to like not shitting the bed. Yeah, like they did this season. So I think they're kind of coming back up. It's tough, and now we're getting games in the snow, man. I know we talked about one earlier that was in the snow, but uh, that that's a, that's always fun to watch. But I feel like it affects the game too much sometimes. Like, are you a big snow snow guy? Like, like I'm saying, watching, like even watching. Do you like seeing it? I love snow football. But snow soccer, uh, it, it slows it down. It, like, slows the ball. The ball will, like, whiz, and then it'll, like, when it's in deeper snow, it just kind of slows and stops, and the players have to adjust. So I prefer my f- American football in snow, but not my soccer, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. I, I agree. It's just too much slipping, and you have too much, like, the, the ball just does things. It skids faster, but it, it rolls slower, if that makes any sense. 
uh, yeah, I mean, that was, it was neat to see that. And do you think, do you think that affected all those goals scoring six goals in that match that, you know, defenders were a little off or, or what? I don't know. I have no idea. So <laughs> you think snow is a bigger detriment to the defense? Uh, probably is. I mean, sharp turns, you can't, you can't turn sharply when it's snowing, right? That's true. You're more at a disadvantage because when you go, usually it's going to be the defender that's digging deeper to, to recover. Yeah. You can't do you. And then also I think reading the ball is much more difficult. We saw, we saw Jorginho have a hard enough time without the snow. So imagine if that was coming in like that. So yeah, it's a, it's at the footy corner too. let us know. How do you feel about snow soccer? Uh, watching it or even your experience playing in it that'd be good to hear people's experiences in that yeah so so that was a that was a crazy game i just thought i'd throw in there and the last one i want to just briefly just for a couple seconds talk about arsenal two newcastle nil uh saka scoring martinelli to me with, with one of the nicer goals you're gonna see uh martinelli getting his goal 93 seconds after coming off the bench um you know i i just bring this up because now i'm actually happy for once that arsenal are they're, they're in fifth, but they're tied in points in fourth, something that people used to make fun of them for being then. Now we don't take that for granted here anymore. Um, Point-wise, they're there with West Ham, three points up on the next team, which is Wolves. Uh, yeah, so I, I just want to make a comment. I thought it was good for them to bounce back after a, a rough defeat last week, even, even if it was against the worst team in the Premier League at home. So just a so- shout out there. Is Martinelli ever going to be the same ever since he, his injury? Uh, I think I think he'll build back up into it. He just hasn't had chances because they have so many good players out there. But I think similar to some of the guys we talked about for Liverpool, he's going to come in handy in this month, in January, when people go to AFCON. He's going to be needed. And for him to come on and do that right away, you know, that's a good thing. He, he looked good right away coming back from injury. Uh, but he's had his moments that he struggled. And I think, I think he will. He's a young player. Young players tend to, you know, they're resilient. They, they tend to recover all right. Um, and I think he's the type that will feed off the environment around him. He's only 20 years old. You know, people forget that. He's not like, he's not even in his low 20s. He's 20s flat on. So, and he's not turning 21 until midsummer. Um, so this is a guy, I think he'll be good eventually. He'll come around. I don't know if he'll need a loan. I guess the next few months will will determine if, if he needs one, but um I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be good. He'll come around. Uh, we'll find out in the next few months. He'll be playing for sure. But yeah, you look at how much time he's played the last month and a half. It's it's not it's not a lot. Not a lot. Um, it was his first actually goal, I believe, since uh, first home goal since 2020. So it had been a bit. Yeah. So I just want to talk about them recovering. They're looking good. Shall we wrap up the rest of the uh, the matches? Yeah. We had Brentford 1, Everton 0 on an Ivan Tony penalty. Norwich and Wolves tied 0-0. Brighton Leeds tied 0-0. And Burnley and Tottenham were postponed due to heavy snow in Burnley. We don't have a makeup date yet for that. I do have a story about that match. Before we get to that story, any comments on the matches that were played? I think now that we're getting into colder weather, um, uh you know, conditions are going to get tougher. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more less scoring games, you know, uh, mm-hmm. lower scoring games, sorry. Um, so I guess we just got to get ready for that for the next four months. So so these zero zeros you think are a good result of that 
and plus the condensed schedule that bodes well for my bets later. I like how you're thinking. I, I you'll probably like two of my bets then. Hopefully, there um, you go. I, I I wanted to make a small comment. Uh, Wolves. I thought Wolves drawing Norwich was a bit disappointing for them. They put themselves in a good position. They're in six now. They're three points away from Arsenal and West Ham. Um, they're ahead of United. They're ahead of Tottenham based on games played only. Uh, so that was disappointing to me to see them draw nil-nil against Norwich. Brighton, though, this is a funny story. So apparently Brighton fans, after the draw against Leeds, started booing. And Grandpa, Grand Potter was not a fan of this. Uh, basically, they now are winless in their last eight games. So I think almost at any club, when you haven't won in eight matches, especially when you were doing so well at the beginning, Mm-hmm. You know, it might not really work so well for you. Uh, but yeah, um, you know, Potter had had word. He had to talk to talk, talk sport after the match about it. And here's what he said about the boost from the crowd. He says, you have to understand how Leeds United play. They go man for man. And it's not easy to play forward. You have to use your spare men, which is your center backs. You have to construct attacks. Well, which we did. If you look at the chances we created, he did say, the fans are entitled to their opinion, but I disagree with them completely. Uh, and and the, the best part is, he said, you have to understand the game we played against what we did. We are sitting in eighth in the Premier League, but maybe I need a history lesson on this club. And I thought, wow, that was a shot, <laughs> right? Like, I think he's trying to tell him, like, dude, you guys have never been this good. So, how, you know, why are you booing me when we're in eighth? Uh, whose side are you on in this little mini spat? Graham Potter or the Brighton fans? I'd say the Brighton fans. Um, uh-huh. I mean, Graham Potter can say whatever he wants, but look, it's the big picture. You got to think black and white. Unfortunately, that's what it is. Um, eight games, zero, zero wins. I, I don't care if you were even a top team, you know, at one point. That's that's not good for anybody. Like, mm-hmm. that's not even good for Newcastle, you know? So, um <laughs> I think the fans are right to be upset, um, especially when, you know, especially if you're not even getting a goal in some of these draws. Like, that's the worst draw you can give your home, your fan base. Not that, yeah, they were at home, right? Against yep, Leeds. They were at home. So you need to give the fans something to cheer about. If you're not getting wins, at least score some goals and you're not doing that. So, what exactly do you want the fans to do? Like, give you a wank after a 0 0 draw? Like, that's just the fact of the matter. Like, it could be any club in the world. It could be your Sunday league team. You know, eight games without a win. I mean, I think there's a general consensus that something's got to change. You got to do something. You know, people are not going to be happy. Yeah, I think Graham Potter said that a bit rashly, but I also think he had a good mic drop moment. He's like, dude, you, you know, he does hold them there by saying, you know, what history do you have that you can say, oh, you know, you're not performing for us. We're in eighth, but yeah, I, I think it was a, um, a frustration comment. And there's one of those things you don't want to say, you want to maybe take a minute to take a few breaths in the locker room. If, Cause it seems like he is also upset that they haven't gotten points. And I think he and the fans are on the same page. It's just, he's, I don't know if he's trying to find a way to defend his players or, uh, or defend his own managing. Um, but yeah, I, he could not the best look Gr- granted great mic drop moment. Not the best look on on uh, Graham Potter because I know he's my boy, you know. So in the eight games, you can always say like, "Oh, you got to look at the schedule, though, right?" I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he drew Liverpool, which I was pissed about. 
which is a great result for them. Great result. That's true. Drew Arsenal. But yep. amidst all of that, they drew Crystal Palace, Norwich. Yeah, that's not good. They lost to Leicester. Lost to City, obviously. Mm-hmm. They, um, they drew Newcastle. <laughs> so every relegation team they've drawn. Um, yeah, and, and lost to Villa. And then Drew leads. So, like, I understand those two draws were huge, but dude, to not get a win against Newcastle, Norwich, I mean, that's. Yeah. That's, that's bad. not good. It's not good at all. And you could see it compounding in this Leeds match. So, uh, at the footy corner, too, you guys, Team Potter or Team uh, Brighton fans? Uh, let's see what people say on that. So, yeah, this, this Burnley Tottenham match got postponed, but did you hear about that couple? I'm sure you did, right? It was pretty. Yeah. Popular. Um, Ken and Brandy Saxton traveled all the way from Dallas uh, to watch Tottenham. They had tweeted Dallas to London to Burnley, almost there, 31 hours, no sleep, fueled by coffee, cheese crackers, and more coffee. Uh, and yeah, basically the match got postponed, as we all know. Uh, but apparently Ken still popped into the pub for a pint to watch some of the other matches. He was still in some decent spirits despite the horrendous uh, fortunes that he had. Yep. Uh, apparently he went to the star with a bunch of people. Um, and I guess some people reached out and, and they tried to get some, some things done for him. And Harry Kane of all people, uh, he said, just been sent this tweet and absolutely gutted for you for your commitment and to make up for the match being called off. I'd like to invite you to a home game as my guest when you're next in London. So I guess it's I just free tickets. That's a great gesture. Like, obviously he's doing what he can, mm-hmm. but unfortunately I think the hardest part isn't getting, I mean, and, and it's great. You got upgraded from an away game to Burnley to right. A home game at Tottenham stadium and probably insane bot box seats. I'm assuming. Right. Probably in Harry Kane's box. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's a sick upgrade and going to be worth, the what i'm gonna say but it's the it's the time the money i mean and in the united states we're literally worked like rag dolls here so like to request mm-hmm. time off is like a crime almost so that's that's the tough part it, it isn't necessarily the money you're um getting you know it's or it's the time it's the time the money you know out I, I would have said like if he bought their plane tickets that'd be even better but i guess you're you know, at that point, you're asking for too much. And I even even staying in London is fucking expensive. I mean, we both know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's true. That's tough. That's unfortunate for, for those two. But hopefully they stayed long enough to where they could have at least gone to another game or something. You know, like I know when we went, like if we didn't go to the Arsenal game or we didn't go to the Liverpool game, we still saw, you know, West Ham Tottenham. Like, you know, there's always something going right. on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? And maybe they, they may have seen hopefully something else, but it seems like they're there in some really bad weather. Uh, so, and I, and I understand like, you're not always guaranteed like time off the time you want, but like, bro, why would you, why would you like, if you're going to see one game in England, then you want to see Tottenham. Why would you pick an away game at Burnley? <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> That's, That's kind true. of a has gone moment by this couple, in my opinion. I think maybe he had, I think I read somewhere he maybe he had friends there. I don't know, but that's that's an interesting place to have friends from when you're from Dallas. <laughs> yeah. 
it's pretty yeah, wild. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, hey, fair play. I kind of, you know, as much as it's like Tottenham and I like to joke and laugh at Tom, I did kind of feel bad for him, like, because I put myself in that situation. Yeah. It's like, yeah. damn, that sucks. Like, huge imagine moment. how excited you, like, they must have been. Like, remember how excited we were to see our teams. Um, and yeah, so that happened. But yeah, they'll, they'll eventually maybe get to another match. And that's like um, when we went to Liverpool. That's mm-hmm. like after you get off the train, you find right. out the game got canceled. So like how, you're there. How pissed you're would you have like, been? Wow. How pissed would you have been? I dude, I would have been <laughs> outraged. Outraged. I'm outraged. Yeah. So uh people, yeah. Anyone has anything to add to this story? Um, last comment I want to bring up is just uh, Steve's take on the ESPN versus NBC Sports. I mean, we said our takes. He just said, I'm torn about ESPN versus NBC Sports. I love the way that NBC creates hype around it, where if it moves to ESPN, it's not going to be on actual cable. Plus, I hate ESPN soccer commentators, specifically one of them. I'm not naming names. So, um, but yeah, it, you know, it's, I think people were torn because of what they'd seen. But I don't, you know, who knows what. Who said that? Steve. That was Steve. So who knows what attention though ESPN he said exactly what I what I mentioned I didn't like on the last pod. So let's just yeah. Well, my thought is I feel like ESPN would would still do a decent job of hyping up. I, I mean I think they know where the ratings are, otherwise they wouldn't have made this bid. I don't think they would present it the same way they present Syria. You know what I mean? Like because I think people were worried that it would be like Syria, where it's like, well, the games aren't on TV in the morning, but they're on ESPN Plus if you want to log on to our digital network. I think they would have had a show. I have an easier time watching La Liga games than Premier League games right now. Really? I have ESPN Plus. I could watch all the La Liga games. And I've literally watched random-ass fucking La Liga games. I I think his worry was that it wouldn't be on, like, TV, TV, like, cable. Or whatever. I'm sure sure something would have been figured out, right? I'll I'll let you guys. I feel like you guys need to see each other in person. He actually said this to me when we we saw each other this past weekend. He he said that that you guys need to meet in person. I think so, too. So, um... We'll yeah, set that up. I agree. Have- but it's like it's 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 like what American sport is going on at like nine and six a.m. Right? Yeah. Right. So like get on. Yeah. Get on TV. Um, okay, let's go to Champions League and around the world, and I'll get to your category here in a second. There's a big thing, obviously. I slipped that in there. Uh, I just want to talk briefly, Juve, real quick about them. I know we've talked about them on the show before, but it's gotten even more dire. Since we discussed Juventus, um, they, if you recall, they lost in Champions League, what was it, 4 nothing, I think, to Chelsea. And coming off that match, they had a big game against Atalanta in Serie A. They lose that game at home 1-0. Another situation where we have crowd booing. Uh, apparently, the crowd was chanting, show some balls to them at some point. Uh, yeah. Juventus now sit 14 points from first place. So I think you kiss that goodbye. But now they're seven points away from a Champions League spot. You know, are you worried for them that they're not going to get in the Champions League next year? Because it's not like Serie A's farmers. Like, they're, those teams that are up there have staying power. Dude, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. Because when you look at Juventus's lineup, mm-hmm. not bad, besides one guy. Morata. And he's the one that gave away the ball that led to the goal for Atalanta. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> I let him do the speaking for me at that point. Mm-hmm. Or playing. Yeah. So, I mean, they got, remember how good freaking uh, Matias Delit was praised? He starts at center back with Bonucci. 
right? And he also made a big error in this. He so Morata gave the ball away uh, to uh, Dijem City, whatever his name is, and then um, Zapata blew past Delic. So Delic apparently was the other one that made the big mistake in this. Yeah, match. and Locatelli <laughs> plays for Italy. McKinney is he top tier quality? No, but he's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's playing way over his his quality grade. If we're being completely honest, um, Chiesa. I mean, dude, that dude's a beast. So like, uh, I'm naming these guys, and they're all good. Maybe Quadrado at right back is a bit ambitious. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what it is, man. Honestly, um, I hate to say it, but at this point. Who do you have to blame other than probably Allegri, right? For this, I think so. For this, so I mean, yeah, dude, I would put my money that they're not going to make top four. I mean, seven points now, and you look at who's fourth place. I mean, Atalanta, they're a team that you know they're not going to they're not going to go over and beyond, but they'll consistently get points and grind out points against top teams. So. I just, I don't see Juventus even getting top four. So they're going to be in Europa next season. It's going to be weird and they got to figure things out. And I think they're going to end up selling a lot of their players because my guess is they're low on money. Mm-hmm. Um, and with everything that happened this past summer, COVID hit Italy pretty bad. Um, Italian teams in general just kind of seem like they're not doing the best financially. So they are going to have to go back to ground, like, I don't know what you call it, square one. And I think... I think Allegri's time in Juve might be over. I yeah, and, and you mentioned uh, uh, McKinney and Chiesa. Apparently, that they've been such good performers for the team, they, and they got hurt in this game. So the fans are even more upset because these two are going to be out for a little bit. And so, yeah, they're in they're in big trouble. And I think Allegri only has his job to finish Champions League out. Like they're not going to change managers now when they're in the late stages of Champions League or, or not late stages, late group stages to get into the knockout to just have a new guy come in and see if they fuck about. So I think if they get knocked out of Champions League and they're still where they are now, they're in trouble. And you mentioned Atalanta, you know, Inter, AC Milan and, and Napoli have such big leagues. We don't see that that happening, but say Atalanta slips. Well, AS Roma is no joke either in fifth place right now. So um, yeah, Juventus is in a world of trouble. I just want to bring that up because we like to, well, let's talk about kind of things that are going on. Damn, that's something that people might have missed or haven't seen. Um, but yeah, if you're not paying attention to what's going on with Juventus, it's it's pretty wild. Um, um yeah, and he has to keep in mind he's someone that at some points outperforms Ronaldo. And also, dude, what happened to Dabala? I kept hearing he might get transferred and he still hasn't been he's still there i mean bro he isn't even starting some games he started this game but i'm saying like remember how he people were saying this guy's got like some messy qualities to him and he was he was banging in goals like he was legit a star and now he is just struggling bro well speaking of that I mean, not I was gonna say, speaking of Messi, he is like Messi quality this season. If he's not banging in goals, you know who else isn't banging in goals? The Ballon d'Or winner. <laughs> this is, I think, your moment, Arnie, to shine. Messi winning it out over Lewandowski. Giorgio getting third. Um, I believe Mo Salah finished seventh. Yeah. Who, who else was there? KDB eighth. Conte was fifth. I'm just mentioning things I've heard from, from chats because I was, yeah, I wasn't around. And- and you know what? Looking at Lewandowski's goal record, okay, maybe he he maybe he should have won. I mean, 
There's no doubt in my mind he's way better than Messi. Can you ask anyone that's semi-intelligent that doesn't just fucking go off of what they what they've seen way back in the past? I think anyone in the right mind would say, yeah, I'd rather have Lewandowski in my starting eleven than Messi. Honestly, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's <laughs> I think it's a huge fucking joke that Salah got seventh. I said this in a group chat. How many times this season? Did we see the story that Salah broke this record, tied this record? He's done this for five seasons now, and this might be his best. That he's getting assists now, and now goal of the year candidate. Like, what more? And the Bates, oh, is he it, they look legitimately like on form right now? Is he the best player in the world? A lot of people would say, yeah, at one point, yeah, he was. So what more does this guy have to do to even be considered top three? To get seventh is a fucking joke. No yeah, one in their right mind, anyone in the world, even someone that just goes off of names, wouldn't even put Jorginho above Salah. <laughs> That's a fucking joke. That is a fucking joke. So my question is, what years do they, like, when does the start and stop point go for this? Like, when do they say, okay, today we start looking at what happens, and this is the end date? Is it just 2021? Is it since last year's ceremony? What's the exact, like, rule here? regardless of what it is i don't know how messy won it like he's been awful this season at the tail end of last season he wasn't the best granted he won a title for for argentina but i mean he didn't like particularly he was he man of the, was he man of the tournament i don't even know but like it's not like messi was like the old messi right it's not it's just yeah, i don't know dude he hasn't been i mean it, i'm looking at straight up stats in 2021 in club games Lewandowski appeared in two more club games, but he had 53 goals to Messi's 32. Like, dude, he had 21 more goals in club games than Messi did. Uh, Assists, Messi had 12 to Lewandowski's six. But, I mean, you look at everything else, and Lewandowski, like, I would have given it to him just because he really did deserve it last year when we didn't have a winner. And so, like, he should have gotten it this year. And then Salah should have been up there, too. That To the point in me saying, I'm wondering when it starts and ends, if it's starting now or it started a few months ago, I think Salah's in first place right now for next season's uh, Bone Bear. So I don't, you know, yeah. I don't know I mean, when they start and end here. I don't know where it starts, but there was this call on TalkSport. I'll post it again. But it's so true. It's it's because he he does things differently. It's because he's humble. It's because maybe – and I don't want to be that guy. And I not for a second am I ever saying they did it because of this. But I'm saying – because he is Muslim and like you look at FIFA and the people that run it or the people that vote, they, they tend to vote for someone they can relate to possibly. Mm-hmm. And Salah doesn't play for uh, an Argentina or a Italy. Yeah. He plays for Egypt. Mind you, he does great for Egypt, but it's like, yeah, why would you like, he's not in the storylines. Cause yeah, he bangs in goals. But other than that, you know, he's not making absurd comments. He's not, you know, he's not doing anything wrong. He, he gives back like what, what more does this guy have to do? I just, I don't get it. And there has to be something going on. Something has to be said. I mean, I understand like mainly people are upset with the first place, like who got first. And I 100% agree. Like if you're going to give it to one of the two, 100% Lewandowski off of merit. But I do also think 
he had more goals than Messi because I still rate La Liga higher than Germany. Yeah. I think Lewandowski is an all-star team in a league where they like they play Paderborn. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And then that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you could say, oh, but Lewandowski has more goals than yeah, I even throw Messi, Salah. Like, I understand that, but but Salah, like when you're doing it against Premier League teams, that's different than Bundesliga teams. Like this, and then the team that Lewandowski's in compared to the teams he plays against is insane. Like, I understand Liverpool has an insane attack too, but look who they're playing. Like, these teams have really good defenses. Um, and and he's forced to track back because of how quality the Premier League is now. And it just it goes to show that now the Ballon d'Or is worth nothing. We all saw when Modric won it. He didn't deserve it. I hate to say it. They just gave it to him because they were like, oh, this is going to be cool. Like, you could tell. It was just fucking stupid. And now Messi's <laughs> winning it. Why? I don't know. Because he's Messi. I mean, he he knows himself he did not deserve that trophy. Yeah, you know? he has one, he has one league goal this season. I think he's had seasons where he's done better and he hasn't won it. Many. <laughs> yeah and and so yeah it, it should have been a debate between Lewandowski and Salah in my opinion granted granted those seasons also Ronaldo probably played out of his mind and mm-hmm. um but how the fuck and I understand Jorginho was a key part in their Champions League but like well that's why you know getting third over everyone in the world well that's why I'm wondering that because if I, I'm asking what's the time slot because if it's you know, if it was for, hey, we really have eyes on this between February and what, January, uh, uh, July, then they would say, oh, this guy won Champions League. This guy won uh, the, what the Euros. So because he was so, such a decorated soccer player, he played such a big role in those matches in, in there. But then, yeah, at what point do you say, well, what about everything else? What about what happened after? So and that's why I think the time is just, Maybe they end it in August and they look from August to the next July. I don't know. That's because Salah had, I mean, he's been consistently good, but this year he's been even more special than he's been. And I, that's why I'm saying I think he has the upper hand for the next go around. Um, I that's don't think why that's I'm wondering. Happen. And for the reasons that I stated. And it's, it's, and I hate to, I don't want to be the social justice. What, what guy. if he wins AFCON? What if he wins AFCON for Egypt? <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. A. And Liverpool in the league. They've won the league, though, and, like, he still doesn't get praised. That's what I'm saying. It's because of who he is, and I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the fucking ES Sports Center, you know, this, that. But I think I genuinely believe it's because it's who he is. If you make – if you change his name to Grant Doherty – or, wait, that's a real Grant player. Doherty. If you change his name no. to, to Sean Strickland – I don't know. I'm just throwing a name out there. He will get praised more, and I promise you that. If Sean Strickland's a, a born again Christian, I and I'm gonna go on that. I'm gonna say it. I don't give a fuck. He would be in higher praise. By the way, Sean Strickland is an American mixed martial artist. Yes, I know that. <laughs> okay, uh, but, the UFC. But I, would I, you agree with me? I don't. We. I don't want to be that guy, and I don't want to make excuses. I'm not sure, but I'm just telling you. The year they won the league, there was no Balloon Door winner. I'm just telling you, like he got screwed that year. That and year, people Lewandowski have been screwed the most, but but I think he has an edge for next seasons. That's that's all I'm saying. So let's let's see what happens. If and, if and he I'm doesn't win it for right next now, I'm telling huh? you right now, it's going to be the same thing. Who's going to win it? 
I don't know. They'll probably stick some random fucking guy in there like they did again in the top three, like Jorginho. They'll give it to some (laughs) non-flashy guy because now they feel obligated to do it. Um, He's the leader, though, right now. He's the leader heading in. Who? Salah's got to be the leader for next year. But that's your opinion. And at the in your opinion, two, let us know who's leading the way right now. Everybody and else. In I your opinion, Salah should have gotten higher. So what makes you think that he's in first? Because, because I FIFA think doesn't this, agree with you. I, I, I have to see what FIFA's time span is. There has to be something out there. Because I don't think that I think the time span was, you know, in that in that time that it just he wasn't flashing and scoring a lot. Now he is, you know, more than that many other people, and his name's being mentioned a lot more than other people. And I think part of it goes into that. So we'll see. I guess we'll see. If he's not, then I will 100% get on board with you and say, yeah, I, I do agree. Seventh place was wild. But again, I don't know what people get caught up in and how much is in team honors. You look at those guys that finished up there, their teams won Champions League. Their teams won uh, Copa America or whatever, Euro, you know, Euros, which is not fair to the player uh, that plays for Egypt. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, I think I'm telling you, if Liverpool get a trophy this year and he keeps his play up and Egypt do something decent, I think he's got a good shot. I mean, it's if if your country has to be good at international soccer, that's a joke. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. But if you look, I mean, I'm just looking at those players in the top. I mean, look at the players that are there. Luka Modric, the year he, he won, wasn't Croatia in the final of the World Cup? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, and I don't think I'm not saying it's right. That's what I'm looking at trend wise. And that kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It's a bit odd. It's a bit odd, but um, I, at the footy corner, too, I want to hear what people think a who should have won this time and B who's ahead heading into next year's right now, because I, and also if anyone can look it up, the intern is super busy. Uh, what is the time period we're looking at here? Like, what do they even look at who votes? What the hell is going on here? Cause this is, yeah, it was wild. Uh, yeah, I'll let you, you. Any final words on this rant about the Bowen Dare? I know this was this guy. Ronaldo even. finished above Salah. See, dude, this is, and you know what? Fuck all the little fucking little kid fanboys. Fuck you. This is because of you, you fucking dickheads. I'm all so right. upset. It's so soccer's dead. So you soccer is dead. It's because of these little kids. <laughs> All right, and that's the one on the next topic. <laughs> World Cup draw happened, by the way, um, for the playoff teams. It, it, it was on the 26th, a few days ago. Uh, not only were the European draws made, the intercontinental playoff draws were made. Uh, but first, should I don't know, what do we want to talk about? The European pathways? Uh, the European pathways, I, I tried explaining it in the last one, and it got really confusing. Um, so all the teams that didn't win their group in Europe got put. There were 12 of them or 10 of them, plus two Nations League people. They got put in a couple of pots and they got divided into three groups of four. Okay. Three groups of four that have a semifinal and a final. And the winner of each, what they call a pool, will make the World Cup. Well, folks, Italy and Portugal got drawn in the same pool. Italy hosting North Macedonia on March 24th. Portugal hosts Turkey at home on March 24th. So both those teams are at home. And then the winners are going to play at Portugal on March 29th. Arine, I know it's early. Who do you think has the inside track on qualifying out of Portugal and Italy? Or, and, or can it be North Macedonia or Turkey? <laughs> no, I, I think 
I would, I'm going to give it to Italy. Okay. Um, and I don't want to say that because I think Ronaldo should be in, I mean, it's his last World Cup. Um, and I'm saying that because, hey, listen to me, FIFA. I'm saying Italy will win because based on merit and because of how they actually play, not because of what the general public wants to see, will advance because they are a better team, you know, and they deserve it more probably. That's what I'm going to go on the record of saying. Now, both of these teams should be in, and I'm sure there's another random fucking team that crept in there. And for the people that like the Cinderella stories, I mean, that's, you know, that's all that's awesome that you like it, but it comes at the expense of not seeing Ronaldo. And that to me is not worth it. So you're taking Italy, even though they'll play at Portugal potentially? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, didn't Portugal just lose at home? They did to Serbia. They did. So they might lose to Turkey. You never know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Path B has Russia hosting Poland, Sweden hosting Czech. Of those four, which team do you fancy? I'm just going to take general predictions. Then I'll Sweden, ask the Czech, people. or who? who the other Russia, Poland. I don't know. All those teams aren't like the best. <laughs> um, I'll probably take Sweden. That's crazy that Lewandowski got second when his kind of international team can't even qualify for the World Cup. Um, I'll go. <laughs> I don't even know. Maybe Poland. Poland. Okay, so now you're thinking he will qualify. Well, I'm saying like. I don't know. I just like you would think if they were basing it off countries, he wouldn't even be considered, right? And then you have right. Well, and then you have you Scotland hosting Ukraine and Wales hosting Austria. Which of those four teams makes the World Cup? None of these teams should make it. <laughs> well, one I'm of them. I'm tired of getting excited for Austria, and all they do is shit the bed. So I don't want to see them ever again in a World Cup. <laughs> I'll say Scotland because of Andy Robertson. Okay, so Scotland. I will also take Scotland. I'll take Sweden, and I'll take. Portugal. So at the footy corner, too, let us know who you will have in the paths. I, mean, we'll I wanted to pick Sweden, but I just don't know anyone in their midfield. Larson. They always have someone named Larson on their team. <laughs> That's true. That's why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, well, they have another really good player. And I don't know why it's slipping me right now. Who's the guy? He plays on Red Bull, doesn't he? Don't they have a good Red Bull player? Uh, the guy with the long hair? Yeah. Uh, Forsberg? Oh, Emil Forsberg? Uh, yeah, that's true, I guess. But they also have Alexander Isaac, Isaac, or whatever. Yeah, he's a forward, right? Yeah, he's definitely a forward. So, uh, only two Swedes I really know. Okay. So, so as Arjun goes in the distance, <laughs> uh, the, what's, oh, chips. Nice. Um, so the, the uh, Intercontinental playoffs finally got drawn. And I think it's good news for a, a lot of the people on this pod. So Asia got stuck with South America, which is okay for us, you and I, because Iran is pretty much through. So they won't have to deal with that. Um, and it's looking like Asia is going to have maybe Australia, maybe Japan being in that spot. So for them to be playing South America, that's really good for the U.S. Because CONCACAF is playing Oceania. So basically, fourth place will be playing New Zealand. And to me, New Zealand is somewhat of a joke. Like, I think any of those four teams that are the top four in CONCACAF right now, Mexico, Canada, U.S., and even, well, maybe Panama can beat New Zealand. What are your thoughts on that? Good draw? Yeah, I 100% agree. But hot take, if that Asian team is Japan or something, I think – as long as it's not like 
as long as it's not like uh, a healthy Uruguay, mm-hmm. I think Asia will win that playoff. Because I think South America, those those mid to bottom teams, they are not that good this year. Let me tell you that. I think if you go best based off the past, yeah, traditionally they should win it. But I think now those South American teams have taken a huge dips, and and I think the Asian team will surprise you. I agree. They've been aging, and yeah, it takes just a couple of those Asian teams, like Australia and Japan, who have you know had a couple of bad results and being placed in that spot. It's it's possible. It'll be it'll be fun. Those will happen Monday and Tuesday, June thirteenth and fourteenth. So they're a while down the road, but the draw happened. Thought it was pretty exciting to finally know. And again, good news for the U.S. fans that we know we have a crutch that hopefully, hopefully we don't need to worry about that in June. Hopefully we're all stress free when this is happening, but. You never fucking know with these guys. So uh, so we'll go with that. And the last thing I want to say before we get to some of our segments, Maritimo has finally won a match and Joel is back. Wow. What? Uh, just Joel, not only is Joel back, but they win. That's a double. That's a double dub. It was fucking incredible, mate. Uh, they won 2-0 against... Ferrero Rocher, who had beaten Tottenham this season. So Maritimo's better than Tottenham, straight up. That's, that's all I got to say about that. The new manager wins his first game in charge. Um, the fans aren't saying uh, some wild shit on Twitter anymore. So yeah. that's always a good thing. Um, and I'm going to save, there's another thing that happened in the Portuguese league, and I recognize it, but we're saving some things for announce of the week that we'll present on Thursday. Uh, there was a match that was played. And abandoned yep. early. And we'll talk about that in, in nonces uh, for, and, and I'm, I'm not blaming any of the teams. The Portuguese league, um, Liga Portugal is going to be up for it next week. So, or on Thursday. So everyone prepare for that. Uh, so speaking of, of, of nonces, we don't have, uh, we're not going to present new ones this week. So no need for the, the segment call out. Um, we actually still have to post um, the ones we discussed on the last show. There were a lot of polls. The intern decided to hold off on that. So we're going to release that. You should maybe see it when you're listening to this. So go ahead and vote for your nonce of the week um, from last week and also keep nominating it, them as they come. We already have two candidates for Thursday's episode. Uh, we'll see where the other two come from. Plenty of time for noncery to occur. In addition to that poll, we're going to have the finals of Mount Rushmore, of our big panel episode. Arine, everyone agreed with you on how that should be handled, on, on how we should uh, put the vote up for, for, the, um, for the Mount Rushmore, that it should be the three that tied at 33% going with Patterson. Now the intern's going to have to figure out how to reword some of this stuff because there's a character limit in Twitter. Any suggestions for the intern? No idea, bro. So the intern will figure that out. Uh, but while that was happening, while we were where deciding this, where did that, they all agree? What happened? Where did they all agree? They all agreed that this should come down to four. The three should where? all advance to the final. Text or tweet? Oh, yeah. There were different yeah chains and texts and whatnot. There are like three or four different chains, I think. Uh, yeah. I, I read it. I'm AP top 25 as nonce of the week. Well, <laughs> I'll let you air that at the, at the end. I definitely agree. So I, I well send that in, send that in, but we'll talk about that at the end for sure. Uh, and I want to present the results of the sports teams nicknames that came up. Are you ready for this? It was 50, 50 between Brian and myself. 
I had Purdue Boilermakers, UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs, and Campbell Fighting Camels. Brian had the Montgomery Biscuits, Seattle Kraken, Wichita State Crack, uh, Shockers, and Columbia College Koalas. And I have, I'm going to air a grievance here. It was 50-50. Guess what I forgot to do? Vote. I didn't even vote. I would have wow. won if I voted. Finally. But nope. I still haven't won a Mount Rushmore. That was a draw. You've I, won yeah. a Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it's but, been a while, though. It's been a long time. I should have won this one. So Brian and I have drawn. So that's that's that. No fun. But that is what it is. Good job in picking nicknames. So yeah, everyone vote for the final of active shows from the panel episode. Again, it'll be anonymous. With that, Arine, we have a, a quick one here, right? It is Mount Rushmore of sports teams that you do not support. So uh, we can't pick a team that we support in any sport. Okay. Uh, that is our primary team. That is our primary team. Uh, so you typically win. So I'll let you decide. Do you want to go first or do you want to pass on the first pick? You can go first. You want me to go first? I'm not stealing anything from you, I think, here. So this is just going to be a straight-up pick. We don't root for the same teams outside of our normal team. We we don't. So this will be pretty easy. Uh, I will take with my first pick, I'll go to the NFL, and for about, what, like 14, 15, 16, almost maybe, actually almost 18 years or so, I was a big New Orleans Saints guy because they had Drew, a guy by the name of Drew Brees from Purdue. Now they don't have him. Now I don't really care for them as much. Like I, I have a Drew Brees Saints jersey. But there's a new Purdue player on the scene, and this team has him, and they have my quarterback in my dynasty league. So I've had this quarterback for years since he was drafted. A wild first pick probably that you'd think, but I think this is a fun team to watch. They might win a Super Bowl this year. The Arizona Cardinals, and I'm only picking them because they have Rondell Moore um, and Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's, you know, that quarterback I talked about. So I'll go Cardinals. Okay. Very odd pick. I'm but not a big Arizona guy. They're sports players, at least. Yeah. Um, my first pick will be, I mean, I'm just going to, I avoid Jeff Paris, but I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I've known you've liked them for a bit here. Um, just, I like teams with tradition, um, Mm -hmm. and they're a fun team to watch. I'm a big Austin Matthews guy and Mitch Marner. So they got some players in the team that I really like. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't know why I've always kind of gravitated there, but uh, I think Toronto Maple Leafs got to be up there. And And who would be your, yeah. Uh, Oh, I might get shit for this. Um, L.A. Rams. What? Yeah. You like LA a cronky team. Huh? You like a cronky team. I mean, he's a good owner for the Rams. Okay. Since um, when did you like the L.A. Rams, mate? I didn't even know L.A. Rams were on your list. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know why I gravitate towards uh, L.A. teams, but... I don't know. I I think they're they're a cool and fun team. I mean, same reasons for cool, fun teams. And they're relatively new, so it's like you can't jump on the bandwagon, you know? So it's right. like a cool team, too. And I'll be close to their next year, so um, hopefully maybe one day I'll go to a game at that nice stadium they got, so that'd be kind of cool. 
And we don't always have a fucking, our team here is shit traditionally um, in Chicago. So it's kind of good to have a, a second team that, or another team that, you know, you could kind of lean towards if they're doing terrible, you know, have, mm-hmm. have a horse in the playoffs at least, you know? Yeah. It's yep. not the Bears. Yeah. All right. So I will go. Okay. So it's my turn. I will go. Um, so for soccer, I've eliminated, I'm not allowed to pick Arsenal. I'm not allowed to pick uh, Maritimo. They yeah. don't, we can't pick them. And I'm saying that we're not allowed to pick Bayern Munich either. I don't think. Um, okay. So I'm going to go with a team that I did root for before they came up to the premier league. Uh, they're struggling a bit lately, but they look good at the beginning team that does analytics. They go off stats. I'm a big math guy. So I'm going with Brentford for my second pick. Okay. Um, you know, again, I'm not picking any of these traditional teams, but you know, I'm, I have these reasons. Uh, Brentford uh, led by Thomas Frank, the hurt big. So, so there's that now for my other pick, <laughs> <laughs> this one gets tough because I really, really, really don't root for too many teams outside of, you know, what I, what I like. And, uh, few years ago when we started betting i started to really enjoy this team and they were also on my nicknames list because they play in the fucking thunderdome and i'm i'm a big west coast better as Ari knows we hit on a wild one last night uh so as wild as it sounds i know it's not going to get a lot of popularity i'm going with the uc santa barbara gauchos big gauchos guy so i always hope to see them in the tournament i know they'll never win anything of note, but maybe if they win their conference, they were in the tournament last year, actually. So that was pretty cool. Um, I don't know if they will be this year. They didn't look so great early in the season, but I always kind of like to root for the gaucho. So I'm going to throw them in there. I like that. (laughs) All right. So you're up for two then. Um, You know, when you put them in order, can you put this in second? Why? Why is that? Um, Okay. And I, I've, I've leaned towards them since, probably 2006 so i was 11 and i haven't been outspoken about them but you know ever since the rose bowl that they lost i'll go usc football football yeah right don't know too much about their you know i know demar Derozan went there they're ranked Uh, in basketball right now i will say that yeah um but, you know, I never really watched or, or, you know, rooted for them in basketball. So USC football for sure. Um, and I watched their last game as well, which was wild and they lost it. But I think they have a at, literally if you turn on SportsCenter right now, Lincoln Riley is being announced literally right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with him, with uh, their quarterback right now, who's 18, they're going to make noise. So, yeah, I'll, I'll say USC. Third, okay. I'll put him second, even though you want okay. And then what else do you have? Last, so this, pick. Is, what I, so this is what I struggled with. You know, I found out about myself that I don't lean towards many teams. Um, I mean, Bayern Munich can't be a, a squad, right? So that knocks off soccer for me, right? Liverpool, Bayern Munich, literally it. I can't think I root for anywhere. I mean, that's brand new. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be called such a Judas for this. Um, 
and I don't like their best player right now. Okay, so okay, let's just avoid this little time period. Dallas Lakers. Oh my God! Well, I can already tell you're a big LA guy here. Well, I can't think of another team. You got three LA teams. It's not like I'm rooting for the Jets. You know, like fucking what the hell? Uh huh. Yeah. Fair. Uh, Lakers. Yeah, go Lakers. Okay. Um, honorable mention was the Habs. Oh, really? Be weird to have the Leafs and the Habs in the same way. I didn't. I did not know that. Uh, for me, this is tough. I, I I really have trouble, you know, liking teams or latching on to teams. Uh, I had a team written down, but I honestly don't really care much if they lose or win. It was like years ago. I liked Stanford football. Um, I tried just, and something that I tried to do was eliminate players. So like if I root for a team because of a player, for example, Dallas, the stars, I like them because of one player. So I'm not, it's not the team, if that makes sense, or it's not the player. It's the team that I'm, I'm supposed to like. That makes right. Sense. No, I know. Yeah, that's true. And I've, and I've legit like, well, the, I mean, I did say why I like the Cardinals, but they're more than one. There's more than one player. They're exciting too. Uh Yeah. So, I don't know. This is going to sound wild. Well, you know what? Uh, no, I don't. Mate, I'm stuck. I don't even think I have a fourth team. Can I just uh, can I just quit? I don't know. I'm going to go with. It could be a country. A country? Like, you mean yeah, the soccer? An international team. It's not a USA or Iran. That's not USA or Iran. Well, that's tough still for me, too. I'll go with fucking hell. I will go with. Tell me your say your honorable mentions while I think of my team. This is bad. This is bad podcasting. Right I want to make almost a new list because I have too many too much LA in there. No, um, just go list your honorable mentions, and I'll think Habs, of the Habs, um, ever since Messi left them, and the fanboys kind of kind of veered off. Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked. I know I like contradicting teams, but Real Madrid's always been a fun, you know, good team. Um, see, like in NFL, it's tough because I don't really like anyone else except for the Bears and maybe the Rams. Um, I mean, the Rams was even pushing it, if I'm being honest. Um, it's only because I'm going to be there in a year that, you know, I, <laughs> if I'm being totally honest. Um, man, NBA, same thing. Um, I mean, I don't like the Knicks. Nope. Uh, college, like football, have you ever, you said Stanford? Oh, yeah. No, I was giving you your honorable mentions. I think I'm just going to pick one out now based on something else. So I, I think I have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Say your we'll last go. one. Yeah. they're more. Uh, I'm going to go based off our our career mode. The fire had a manager from this team. So I, I'm and I'm rooting for them to eventually make it up. I might as well just go with Ipswich Town. Oh, wow. Yep. I, I love the logo. Uh, it's a team that I'm rooting for right now that to make yeah. it up next after Brentford made it up. I, I, you know, we played some FIFA career mode with them. We also played FIFA Crema with Claremont Foot, which, by the way, is in uh, League One right now. But... You said Accrington Stanley, right? 
I did. I, I meant that. I said Ipswich Town, didn't I? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we might have played with Ipswich. No, the one we had Jeff or Shitson, that's Accrington. Accrington was like, we played as, like three full seasons. With that, they're not as close as Ipswich are, but you're right. I actually have a, a more, um, you're right. They're, they're more important, actually. They're not very good, though. They stink in real life. So, Accrington Stanley, shout out manager Jeff R. Schitz. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, again, I, I'm probably going to lose this one. But uh, but yeah, that was that was fun. People people get to hear who we like. We also like to at the footy corner too. You know, not only vote, but let us know like what are some teams you like that are not your you know not your primary teams. We'd like to know because I think it's pretty cool to know what what teams people like. So it's um, weird so- that I have so much I like because like if I didn't, I my honorable like I said, Montreal Canadiens, Barcelona, mm-hmm. those two teams very easily could have made it on the list, but. Like yeah. I said, Barcelona, I realized that I kind of like now that the fanboys are gone, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, shall we uh, Shall we run the predictions down? So, by the way, the Mount Rushmore uh, sports teams we like that are not our primary teams. Arian had the Maple Leafs, USC football, Rams, and Lakers. I had the Arizona Cardinals, Brentford, <laughs> Santa Barbara Gauchos, basketball, and Accrington Stanley. <laughs> you're going to uh, win this. You want to play that you're going to win? This is it, mate. Really? I don't know. A lot There's... of people don't like Los Angeles teams. You yeah, know this. That might be true. That might be true. And when you, you can have also the underdogs of, and when you have the underdogs of Accrington Stanley of um of the Gauchos, you can't vote against the Gauchos. That automatically before this is released, do you want me to do we want the intern to hashtag all those teams or no? You call me. I doesn't matter okay. to me. I'll, I'll ask the intern. That might be unfair to you, though. It's up to you. Because I'm guessing well, there are more Lakers fans out there than all of your teams combined. It's possible. It's probable. So what do you think? I don't know if it would be fair, but if okay. you want to do it. So we won't. It. We won't. You as a contestant don't have the option of doing that, we'll say. So pandering. Uh, we'll see what happens. So let's go ahead now. And make our week 14 predictions. These matches start today because I'm assuming everyone's going to be listening to this on Tuesday. If they, if you're listening Wednesday, they started yesterday. Um, but people will make their predictions by then. Where do the scores stand heading into this? The high score of the week was Brian with 16 this past week. I had 13. Arine had 12. Jeff had 11. Nikhil had 11. And Steve had 8. Uh, where does that bring us to? Arine leads the way with 170. Brian's in second, 160. I'm in third, 153, so there's big gaps there. And Steve's in fourth at 149, Jeff, 144, Nikhil, 132. You're only 12 away from catching Jeff. Jeff is going to be back to being the caboose again if that if that happens. So let's see. Uh, all right, you ready for this? Let's just roll through it. Tuesday, Newcastle hosts Norwich. I don't know anyone that will be watching this. Right. I got 1-1, Alain Saint-Maximin, the goal scorer. Um. I'll go 1-1, and Jesus, I don't know. Pookie. Pookie watch. All right. Uh, Leeds hosting Crystal Palace. I know Palace has been the better team. I think Leeds at home is going to win, though. Leeds 2, Palace 1. Rodrigo is my goal scorer. I'll go 1-1, one, one, Rodrigo. Another 1-1. One, one. I see that okay. as a draw. 
Southampton hosting Leicester City. I fancied Southampton after last international break. Not now. Southampton nil, Leicester two. And I think Pats and Daka will score in this game. Um, dude, I swear two nothing. Uh-huh. But I'm gonna go with Vardy. Vardy, okay, Vardy. Keep it going. Wolves hosting Burnley. Burnley's did not play last match week, so advantage maybe to them, but I still think Wolves will win 2 0. Raul. I got one nil Wolves. Um, it's gonna be a classic. And I'm gonna go Raul. Okay. Watford hosts Chelsea. Your boy Dean, or no, sorry, this is Claudio Ranieri against <laughs> another former team of his. So he was against one former team last week, against another one this week. Watford nil, Chelsea two, in my opinion. And I think we have so much trouble picking people up top. We don't know who's going to play. I'm going to take Reese James from the wing back position. I'm going to go 3 0, Chelsea. And mm-hmm. I'll get, I'll go Mason Mounts. Okay. Uh, West Ham hosting Brighton. Brighton's a little cold as we discussed. I think West Ham will get the win here. I got 2 1, Mikel Antonio. I got 2 0. I always want to say Fornals because he's my guy, but I'd be. Lanzini scored last game, your other boy. Yeah, but Mikel Antonio, I'm going to go with him. All right. Uh, Merseyside Derby, big game. Well, I mean, Liverpool tends to always win. Uh, this one's at Everton. I got Everton one, Liverpool three, Mosala. I have three nil to Liverpool, possibly four, but I'll go three. Mm-hmm. And you know who loves himself a good derby goal? Sadio Mane. We're going to go All Sadio. Right. There you go. Uh, Villa hosting Manchester City. Um, Stevie G at home against City. I got Villa one, City two, Gabriel Jesus. You ready for this? One, oh, one. See, dead ass, man. Dead ass. Sure, sure. Who's your goal scorer? Um, who's Villa striker? I don't, I don't even they know. have they Watkins. Have. They have Ings. They Ings. have Ings. Okay. Ings. Uh, Tottenham hosting Brentford. Also, Tottenham a bit rested for this. I think Conte's system is going to work. I think Brentford's tired, so I should have probably picked Tottenham to score more, but I've got Tottenham one, Brentford nil. Harry King. Um, man, do I want it? Two two. Okay. Yeah, I I, I kind of wish I was like, man, maybe I oh two two. Who's the goal scorer? Kane. So you think it'll be high scoring? All right. I hope you're right. I was actually almost intrigued to say like two nothing Tottenham because they've been rested in Brentford. Well, but maybe Conte's system is not ready. I hope you're right. And then finally, uh, on Thursday, Man United hosting Arsenal. Uh, it's always a tough one to call. New manager coming in. But I very rarely will pick against my team these days. So I'm going to take United 1, Arsenal 2, even though they're heavy underdogs, uh, according to the betting odds. So they're good odds there. Emil Smith-Rowe is my goal scorer. Um, I'll go 2-1 Arsenal. And... Oh, wow. Dude, I don't even know who the fuck starts with you guys. It was Lacazette or Aubameyang. I don't know. Uh, Aubameyang started last game. Lacazette came off the bench. So, I, But I'll I don't know if they're going to rotate. Saka, okay. He did score last game. I If they do, I'd be pumped um, at, at United. But I'll even take a draw. I mean, they, they, they don't know themselves. They have a new manager coming in. The turmoil. I mean, I don't – I just don't see – 
how United is going to come in with a plan. Yeah, well, that's true. So uh, at the footy corner too, everybody let us know your predictions. And guess what? Now it's time for our final segment, the gambling corner. Last week, we had three people bet and only one person came out positive. And that was, that was, I was the lucky one there. Uh, I had the AZ parlay, Arsenal and Liverpool won me some money there. I also took the Palace Villa over two and a half. They scored three, luckily, uh, with the with the last goal coming in the 90 plus five minutes. So I got a little lucky there. And then Wolves did not win. So they lost me there. So overall, I won 330. Steve lost seven overall. He had Wolves and Brighton, four on Wolves, three on Brighton. Uh, he also had money on Burnley, but no action there as they didn't play. Arine, you were so close on your parlay because the Tottenham game had no action. So it would have gone down to a three-team parlay. Arsenal, Liverpool wins by more than two, which happened, but Wolves let you down. Do you have anything to say to Wolves before you make your bets this week? Wait, wait, can you say mine again? Who? And you know what? Steve called it. He said, I have Arine, but he's going to have one, one of the teams lose. Yeah. Is that what happened? Yeah. Because you had no action from Tottenham. So that, that one wouldn't have counted. It would have been a three-team parlay. Arsenal won. Liverpool won by more than two. But Wolves did not win. Against Norwich. <laughs> so, yeah. You could have made a, a decent amount. It would have been, I mean, it would have been less than what you originally had. Because, again, Tottenham was no action. So we would have had to play the odds calculator there. But anyway. Um, but you lost 10. So where does that put us at? Steve's been slowly losing money. Steve's got to get it, get on the right track, mate. Uh, he's now at 11-15, still in first. Trevor's in second, no action for the last few weeks. So he's at plus 240. Then, then we go to the negatives. I'm in third at negative 25-60. Arian's in fourth at negative 53-59. And Brian's at negative nice 12, which is negative 69-12. Do you want to make your bets or do you want me to go for it first? You can go first. All right. I am going to do this. First, I'll put $3 on the least likely of them all. At plus 270, I like Arsenal's odds. I'm going to take that. Just put $3 and see what happens. If I hit, it wins $8.10. Pretty good win there. For the others, it's funny, I already mentioned it earlier. You talked about the unders probably hitting more here. So that's where I went. I went Southampton, Leicester, under two and a half goals because I predicted Leicester to win 2 0. So at under two and a half, it's plus 105. That's four dollars to win 420. And Tottenham Brentford under two and a half. Uh, that's at minus 110, three dollars to win 272. So I like my unders this week. How about wow. yourself? Just three separate bets. I probably not a lot of movement on money. I got there will be a week I'll think of a big parlay like you have. I have a five-team parlay. <laughs> not surprised. There's only one that I question. All right, let's hear it. The Newcastle-Norwich game. Under three and a half goals. Uh-huh. Not a good value, but I'm going to put it in there because I'm confident sure. both teams suck. Minus 265. Uh-huh. Chelsea to win and by more than one. So by two or more. That's at minus 180. Uh-huh. That's, again, that's a steal. You're stealing money from Vegas. Um. Leicester over Southampton's only plus. I mean, it's 195 plus 195. I don't know why it's even a plus. Wait, um, really? Yeah. So I'm going to give, I'm going to put Leicester in that. Leicester to win. Yeah. 
Um, the fourth one is Aston Villa versus Man City. Over two and a half goals is mi- minus 175. I think there will be more than two goals in that uh-huh. whole game. Okay. And then this is the dodgy one. In the tottenham Bradford game, anytime goal scorer, Harry Kane. Uh-huh. It's a minus 110. That's a minus 110. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, Where does that put us at here? You know what? What's what's anytime goal score for Mohamed Salah? Because that might be a better one to put in there. But regardless, plus one seven nine six. Uh huh. How much you putting on it? Five seven dollars. Seven <laughs> to win the total payout or win payout one minus hundred, seven. One hundred and twenty-five dollars and seventy-three cents. Okay. I'm telling you, one of these days when you hit, you'll go from like second to last to first. But in the meantime, you go on. Yeah, no, it's a good the Harry Kane one, you're right. It's a bit risky. So we'll have to see how that comes out. But I think I'm looking at my scores and what you have. And I my scores agree with your first three picks. So and actually agrees with your last one because I picked Harry Kane. So let's see. You don't um, the Villa City game. You, you think there's going to be more than? I have two one city. Yeah, so you agree with all my picks. I do. I actually agree with all your picks. <laughs> See, there you go. There you go. All right. Any last things to say to the people? We did say it'd be shorter, but I guess you guys are lucky getting getting a couple decent episodes this week. Um, we'll be back Thursday, so you all get it on Friday for the weekend games. I think this is the only week we do this though, because there are a couple of. Uh, Couple weeks we're gonna have to throw two matches and we're going to a wedding. Um, anything you want to say before we log off? Um, anything I want. To, I just want to say that the AP Top Twenty Five ranked Duke at number one, and Purdue is the number two team going into it. They beat a top five team this week, or was it la- whatever? Last they beat week. a top. They yeah, beat a team they, this week by forty something though, or 50, 57. <laughs> they beat Omaha. Yeah. So, um, and now Duke's rated one and produced two. I just want to show that this is a, this is like the Ballon d'Or. This is 100% and it's college version now because it's because everyone knows Duke, a fancy name, they're this, they're that. What right, Coach K, oh, everyone wants to suck them off. Meanwhile, Purdue's been doing the job and they were number two and, or they were number three and only moved up one spot. It's bullshit. It's rubbish. It doesn't make sense. But this is the world we live in now. So to add to your point, the most farcical thing about this is that Purdue is closer to third place Gonzaga than they are to first place Duke, which is bananas because Purdue has beaten, like you were saying, yeah, Villanova. They beat North Carolina when they were on neutral courts. Duke did beat Gonzaga. Yes. But, uh, it was a close yeah. one. If it was a blowout, I would agree. But it was close. So I say this. Let let uh, Ohio State do God's work this week and beat Duke in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Purdue just has to take care of business. And maybe we have a different tune. Not next episode. Watch. Gonzaga next. is going to beat, like, Portland, and they're going to go to one. It's so if fucking happens, If that happens, I'm sending a dick pic to the AP. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's over. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to get canceled from the show. And I'm going to get fired from my job. <laughs> I mean, I'm anyway. just outraged. Not, that's why I'm outraged. This Salah. <laughs> I honestly am just might boycott sports. Okay. 
So Arine is boycotting until Thursday's episode. <laughs> or sorry, you'll you guys will get on Friday. We'll, we'll record on Thursday. Um, anything else? Uh, no, nothing else. So until then, let's turn it over to our boy who this week loses to Barcelona at home 3-1, Mr. Unai Emery. Aloha. Love you guys. Good evening, Alexa. Please to play uh, my favorite song. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening.